All right, I'm here with Sean Ardoin. That's pretty good, man. Ardoin, you in France though, so you know it should be easy. Well, I can tell you, in <laughs> France, it would be Sean Ardoin. That's it. Let's get started with this by your uh, awakening musically. Were your parents listening to music? What was the first music you heard, and how did you get to where you are now musically? Okay, well, this—that's really a, a long story. I'm gonna try to make short. Uh, I come from a musical family. Uh, my great great uncle was uh the progenitor of modern cajun and creole music most of the uh the repertoire is based on his songs then my grandfather was a living legend in the music until he passed um and uh i should i don't even know how long it's been since he passed uh and then my dad and his brothers were the ardwin brothers and then me and my brother took over my dad's band as he was the last brother standing in the uh, family group. And then we broke up in 99. And so, um, but it all started, you know, when I was five, four years old, started playing drums, uh, you know, but I wasn't really playing drums. I was, they, you know, it's a family, you indoctrinate everybody. So mm-hmm. I'm standing next to the, uh, by my uncle on the, on the floor time, beating the floor time while they play. And then uh, probably around six or seven, I actually got to play the whole set. And uh, I would be at the gigs just waiting for my uncle to have to go to the bathroom. Felt like Les Brown, drink, no, drink, you know. (laughs) Uh, And uh, finally got on the drums. And then, but like at five years old in the Catholic church uh, in Kinder, Louisiana, um, the choir was behind me. And I vividly remember it, uh, hearing them, you know, the songs and everything. I was always really, really concentrating on the music. And, uh, but I was always figuring out how to make the music better. So they were singing and sometimes they'd have a bass and sometimes they wouldn't. And, but they were always singing. I was like singing the harmony and like, why aren't they singing the harmony? You know, I'm mm-hmm. like, well, why aren't they, you know, that man, they should be singing the harmony. <laughs> and so, uh, but at five years old, I saw myself uh, performing in front of thousands of people, just a sea of people. And uh, I've been chasing that ever since. You want to play something right off? Yeah, for Creole Rock and Soul, um, the Grammy nominated CD, a song called In It For A Minute. <laughs> to be made and the fame 
Supposedly has something to do with aiko, which is a bean. The legend goes, les aiko et pasale, right? Right, right, right. Les aiko son pasale, however, however you want to say it. Because we, we're, we're Creole and Cajuns down here in Louisiana. And uh, les aiko et pasale is, was a code for a house dance. <sighs> uh, it, it, it was also a term of, you know, well, the times aren't too good. There's no salt on the beans. Uh, okay. Right? So it, it had a dual purpose. And since it was so common, you know, there were some people they didn't want to the house dance. So that was the code, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we, we're going to we're going to be snapping beans over at so and so's house. That's great. You know, and so and so nobody wanted to go work. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. so, so if they said it around the people they didn't want to come, you know, what I'm saying that they knew they were safe, that they, they weren't going to show up. And then Clifton Chenier um, used to play uh, Zydeco Pasale. Uh, on his on on his set when he was on the Chitlin circuit with uh, Little Richard and Etta James and all mm-hmm. the uh, the R and B singers back in the day, and so since people couldn't really speak French, they started calling him the Zarico or the Zadico man, and some um, reporter up in the um, in the Midwest or the some up north uh, coined the music that he was playing Zarico, mm-hmm. and uh, so then 
everything that Cliff DeShaneer started playing was called Zydeco. But on our end, um, we played uh, what we, what my grandfather called French music. Right. Uh, he, it was Creole music. Um, and uh, he didn't, he, if you said he played Zydeco music, he'd be like, no, I don't play Zydeco music. I, I, I play the music that Creole. You know, we got the different, you know, we got the different dialect. Down I here. know. Have you ever been to the Mauritius Island? No, I have not well, been. Mauritius, they but also speak what they call Creole. The only difference between uh, Mauritius and um, Seychelles and, and Haiti and all these people, all these other Cre uh, Creole places, is that they have been modernized. Right. So their Creole, their Creole got to grow as a language. Our Creole is 17th, 18th century Creole, and which I also found out as after I started getting more into the into the culture and everything that people like to say Creole is a French language's little cousin, but it's actually not because the French language didn't become officially the French language until the 1800s, right? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So they were they were growing concurrently. They're they're a, uh, they're not a pidgin language. They're language all of its own. Yeah, Sean, I want to ask you a question yeah. about because we were starting to get to this about there. There's kind of a couple of different branches. You have a whole new genre, actually. You, you mentioned that yesterday. Yes. My my great great uncle was was the 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 the, the father of modern Cajun and Creole mm -hmm. music, right? So that's the traditional music that that my branch of music comes from. It's the diatonic accordion. The, the instrumentation is diatonic accordion, fiddle, guitar, bass, drums, a, as you get more modern. Mm -hmm. But in, in its purest form, in its most basic form, it's a, it's a violin and a fiddling and an accordion. Single row diatonic accordion. Mm -hmm. um, waltzes, two steps, and bass bars. Right. Um, and so, um, so the white and the black music uh, all come from the same black man. <laughs> right. No, I, there's no question about that. So the difference, the difference between them is the rhythm center. Mm. The Cajun music is more influenced by by uh, by by rock and roll and country music, and the, the the Creole music was more influenced by the blues. So same songs, different different rhythm center, different feel, you know, uh, as as everything else. And then Clifton Chenier, like I explained earlier, came along in the '50s with Z he became the father of modern Zydeco music. And uh, then around 1990-something, early 90s, this guy named Bojack um, became really popular, like really super popular. And then everything with a black man and accordion became Zydeco music, <laughs> when in actuality, three individual types of music. I'm working on a book, but I, I've just been so stalled. Uh, I've been so stalled on it, but I'll get that book. Done. A book would be great. This is a fascinating... Yeah, because I, I lived it. Right. So it's going to be it's going it's to be called... The History of Modern Zydeco, A First-Hand Perspective. That would be absolutely fantastic. I'm sure a lot of people would be interested in it. What tune yeah. would you like to play next, Sean, before we move on in your career? Go ahead on and play Keep On Moving.
does the music, the composition, and the arrangement? That would be me. And what I did with with uh, that CD that that with that that particular one was the first time that I allowed or was even able to have other people come in and help with the creative process. Mm-hmm. Um, but because you know, because I, I move whenever I get the idea to move, I move pretty fast. So what had happened was we had gone to the studio. I, I got some you know band together, took them in the studio, and uh, we knocked out all the tracks I wanted. And I was listening to him and I was like, man, you know, this is just normal. You know, I was like, it needs to be excellent. It needs to be extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And so I uh, reached out to one of my uh, my good friends, a six-time Grammy winner, uh, Aaron Lindsay. And, uh, you know, the power of visualization. I was like, I, I see him uh, working with me and, you know, we're going to win a Grammy together. And on the first, I wrote it down on the first of the year. I hit him up on the inbox on Instagram and he responded and then we got to talking and that day he called, he said, can you talk? I was like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we got on the phone he says, well, so what are you, what are you doing? I said, man, I, I'm, I'm going to ask something that's crazy. I, you know, I, I you say, if you a closed mouth, don't get fed. If you don't ASK, you don't GET. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, so, um, Hey man, would you like to uh, help me produce this, my CD? He said, really? I said, yeah. He said, well, what are you trying, what, what, what do you see happening? I said, well, I would love to win some Grammys with you. Uh, but most of all, uh, on an artistic standpoint, I would like to see what you would add to what we're doing to make it, you know, better. Um, and so he was like, you know what? Let's do it. So, <laughs> okay, that's great. So what state was the music in? Were all the tunes recorded, first of all, or not? All the tunes were recorded, right? We were still writing because uh, he. Whenever I work in many different ways, right? But most of all, if I want to go to the studio, I'll have the tracks ready, right? And I may, if I got, sometimes I have the words, sometimes I don't. Sometimes they're on a paper bag or a napkin. Sometimes they're, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying, yeah. Now it's always in the phone or you know right. on the computer, laptop or whatever. But yes, but the music will be there, and I'll just signal everybody: this is the verse. You know, it's the chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, hook, hook, out. You know, solo, solo, whatever, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, with these tracks we had done um, at Personas, you know, the company Personas. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I had done one of their uh, one of their exhibitions, and we recorded all the songs then, and I had some ideas about what I wanted to do, but it just sounded like regular Zydeco music. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, but, they, but these songs are so good, I want to I make them really pop. And so uh, we, what we did was when we went back, whenever I got with Aaron, so we took all of the keyboard parts off. And so he added keyboards and a couple of songs. He took the, the live drums out and he uh, added uh, program drums. And uh, then we, we just went in and knocked it out. But as far as the singing, the background vocals, the arranging, and all stuff like that, that was all me. And uh, then at that point, I was starting to bring my son in on uh, helping out with the vocals. Um, and, uh, yeah, man. And we got two Grammy nominations for it. (laughs) Sean, is that, that recording a band or is it people you assembled to do the recordings? And then when you go out, you're with other people. How does that all work? The musician part of it, the sideman stuff. That, um, well, that time that was three people in my band. It was, it was, it was three people that were in my band and uh friends that i've always wanted to record with we just never could connect mm-hmm. and so we recorded and then when we go out 
I, I get, you know, the people that, because that's, you know, it's been a long time uh, since we did that. Um, well, I said long time. We recorded it. We recorded the, the bass tracks, uh, the basic tracks in 2016, mm-hmm. I think. 2016 or so, late 2016. And then 2017, I was like listening to it, trying to write to it. Or uh, maybe the beginning of 2017, something like that. But anyway, and then Aaron Lindsay got involved January 1 of 2018. And so when that came out and it hit. But yeah, man, um, you know, the guitar player, my son, and the bass player were in my band. and uh, then, But then they got like job jobs now. Right. One of them's a, a, a project manager, an engineer, and a project manager. The other one is a a, a, a branch owner of an insurance company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, well, you know, you got they're maybe getting families and have to yeah. feed, put food on the table. Yeah, and and but they both got married. They both got baby, you know, small children. So you know that whole road right. life, ain't, you no, know, it doesn't work. It's not for them, you know. So that was a a, a song more on the traditional side. In it for a minute was on the newer side, mm-hmm. and then um, "You Complete Me" is a song that I want Disney to sync. I, I'm believing Disney's going to sync that song for one of their movies. Let's check that out. Every time I close my eyes And think about my life All I see is you, baby And what you mean to me Every time I hear the sound of your voice Means a world to me Cause all I need is you, baby The things you do for me Like I need the sun, the moon sky stars above I never knew that I would find the one who gave me love the day that I would finally say to her and she truly be simply you c-o-m-p-l-e-t says is you baby the love you give to me every time I feel the warmth of your touch means the world to me all I need is you baby you're my everything like I need the sun the moon the sky the stars above I never knew that I would find the one who gave me love The day that I would finally say to her she'd truly be Simply you see O-M-P-L-E-T 
Simply you complete me. I love you. That's it. Broadway or Disney or some of the other productions that are coming up. Perfect. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Beautiful work. I, I'm like, that could, that could really be, you know, good. Now, Lindsay, Aaron Lindsay, that's, that's a song I wrote in 1999 for my wife. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was just guitar, me and guitar. Mm -hmm. And uh, Aaron Lindsay just took that thing and made it like I've always heard it, you know? Well, the other thing is that that could go on anything from Sirius to uh, AM radio of the 1960s. You know what I mean? It's, it's total, yeah. totally, totally universal. So It's timeless, yeah. It is. I got a call, like a just a random call from a guy, a guy that I call my nephew, um, uh, Mark Whitfield, uh, mm -hmm. Mark Whitfield, the jazz guitarist. Mm -hmm. His son, uh, Davis, called and said that one of his friends um, needed an accordion for a TV show music. And so, you know, he connected us or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it was for Disney Junior. Oh, so. So, yeah, so I did some accordion work on Disney Junior. That's fantastic. <laughs> By the way, you mentioned diatonic, right? So what's the difference? Two, two notes per button. Oh, okay. Whereas a chromatic is the same note, push or pull, oh. with the diatonic is just like a harmonica. You push one button, you get two different oh, notes. Okay. That must be hard to play. Well, yeah, it, it is if you, don't, if you didn't grow up with it. But, you know, it's, that's one of them things where it's like it just made sense to me because I grew up with it. Right. You know what? So, let, since we just talked about the diatonic accordion. Mm -hmm.
what year is that from, Sean? That is from 2017. Okay, so not that far from today, really, four years. Yeah, no, yeah. We did the first one, the first Creole United we did in 2013. Mm-hmm. Non jamais fait. And what it is, is all the um, Zydeco um, band leaders mm-hmm. coming together to collaborate. So it's a thing, you know, we connected the old, the young, you know, the new style with the old style, and then new style artists with the old style artists, and then we mixed the genres up. So whereas you would have violin um, as the rhythm instrument, uh, and not a scrub board. We have it scrub board and violin, you know, and put a triangle in there. So we mixed mm-hmm. it all in there. And the first one was a lot was, um, yeah. So, you know, so there was that. I just wanted to play that because we talked about the diatonic accordion. So you heard, you know, the different, you know, yeah. that's the diatonic accordion. Right. Well, all of them are diatonic accordions. Did Clifton Chenier play that same instrument? No, he played the piano accordion. That's what I thought. It's much bigger, right? Yeah, the big, big piano right, accordion. You got to hold that up. By the way, speaking of that little anecdote, a very close friend of mine who passed a couple of years ago, Larry Taylor, played bass for Tom Waits and uh, millions of blues bands and stuff. And he was one of these guys, if you asked him about any kind of music, he'd say, yeah, man, so-and-so, you know. And one day we were talking about something, I don't remember what, and he goes, Clifton Chenier. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I just you know I know that name even though I've probably only seen a, a, a YouTube you know five years ago or something. But that's just funny how that's like one of the giants, right? It is, man. Clifton Chenier and Buckwheat Zydeco, man. Buck, Buckwheat Zydeco's played with the Stones and everybody, right. man. He's been in movies and stuff. So and he he was um, one of my mentors, and he, I was one of the I was the second artist on his label that he had. And uh, whenever he was, you know, on his deathbed, I say on his deathbed, but a little before he got to the deathbed stage, I went and visited and we were talking. And he was very upbeat. And I told him, I said, man, thank you for, for knocking down the doors. And I stand on your shoulders and said, I'm here to tell you that I'll take the, I'll take Zydeco to the next level. Which you did. Fulfilled your promise, Sean. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. I got the genre established. I got the, the, the Grammy nominations behind it. Got to get the win. And we got to put, you know, Creole Rock and Soul and Zydeco music in the minds and hearts of the people of the world, you know, but at least for the United States first and into the world or Europe first and then the world. But I believe it's a marketable music and it can be um, a, a mainstream thing that people actually know and they love to Zydeco dance and love to listen to the music. 100% in your case, with your music, you bring together great musicians who make great music and people are sensitive to great music and frankly it doesn't matter sometimes it might be country sometimes it might be creole rock sometimes it might be zydeco sometimes it might be rap it might be incredibly crazy shit a a good or a great song is a good or a great song no matter what right and and i think your music does have the appeal and has a lot of appeal to people who like rock and let's face it there isn't really that much rock out there anymore it's much more, uh, right, right. much more uh, drifted to different other little uh, niche markets. Mm-hmm. Where would you like to go next with uh, playing a song, Sean? The, the came through pulling CD. That's twenty. That's twenty nineteen. So we've jumped up a year. We we went eight twenty eighteen. Went back a year to sample the Creole United, and now we're back to twenty nineteen. All right, calling twenty nineteen. Uh, calling twenty nineteen. So what I did with this CD came through pulling is the title track. Um, that's a song that, uh, that's gotten me on TV a whole bunch of times. And, um, but what I did with this CD was th- this, uh, this project, I got to say project cause people don't know what CDs are <laughs> these days with, with, with this project, 
is I reimagined 10 songs from my last 20 years as a solo artist. And, uh, you know, songs that I didn't think that got enough exposure, songs that I thought that, you know, are still relevant because, you know, because what I'm doing now, what I was doing 20 years ago, people are doing now. So, you know, it might have been a little bit too avant-garde, too far out for them then, but now is perfectly time. So that's what I did. I redid them. So uh, Came Through Pulling is, is uh, the title track. Check it out. Well, I came through the door pulling. <laughs> Business. 
still handling bit and I'm still handling bit and I'm still handling bit and I'm still handling I love the way the energy of rock and soul are mixed as the beats in back of it are beautiful what I can do is I can explain the progression to Creole rock and soul okay because um so the came through pulling was you know my my so my first solo album was in 1999 called uh return of the uh called um Sean Ardwan and Zadie Cool mm-hmm. it was self-titled and uh and I you know I did a whole bunch of CDs in between that and, and to date I think I'm at 19 projects 19 full albums um but um so I, I did those I reimagined those 10 songs and um I, I, I at this point I was calling what I do Creole rock and soul, but I hadn't fully embraced it, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I knew that, you know, you to, to, to make it in this market and distinguish yourself, you have to separate yourself. And you can't just separate yourself and just be on your own. You have to have a reason. So it's about branding. So um, Creole rock and soul is the brand and it is the band. Um, and it's it's just, it's, it's, it's the music, it's music. It's culture, it's music, culture, and swag. Mm-hmm. That's what I said. Creole rock and soul is music, culture, and swag. Because here in Southwest Louisiana, we have language, we have food, we have culture, we have dance, and we have swag. So you'll see um, young black people with cowboy boots, uh, skinny jeans, and uh, a cowboy hat. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or you'll see them with a cowboy hat, a cowboy shirt, skinny jeans, and Jordans. <laughs> <laughs> Fun. You know, it's just a big hodgepodge of stuff, you know. Um, and so, anyway, so um, Creole Rock and Soul that this this next part, the project we're dealing we're on right mm-hmm. now, came through pulling was the connection to um, to coronation relationships, uh, and we'll get to that. But right now, I'm not gonna wait. Is the uh, song? This is more on the soul vibe. This is the first time. I thought about the last time The last time that we met She walked by and it reminded me Perfume smelled so sweet that it reminded me
I'm not going to wait. Yeah, what an arrangement. You have an orchestra and you're working with it. You're working with density and you're working with the structure. Thank you, man, for noticing that. When I originally did these songs, they were way too advanced for the music. <laughs> like, it was obviously way too advanced because mm-hmm. uh, they were just doing one, four, five changes, one, you know, two, uh, one, six changes, one, four changes, and that was it. And it wasn't anything more complex than that. It was, it just, it was just a groove. Um, so for me, uh, and, and so I understand limitations as well. I hear things, but I can't play everything because I don't play keyboard. So what I did with this album is I got with my friend Zane Gibson and, um, I gave him the songs. Well, we went, I went to his house. We hung out for a weekend and, uh, started think, talking about how we could revamp them. I call it strange arrange because of that, that, uh, strange arrange phenomena where young guys go and take a song and rearrange it to really hip with all the lines and hits and, you know, breakdowns and changes. So uh, we did that. We, uh, we got together and did it. And so then once we went all the way out, then I brought, I helped him. Uh, then we rung it back in so that it could be palatable and it wasn't too complicated. Cause one thing about popular music is it can't be too complicated. And if you're, if it's complicated, you can't hear the complication. Right. Well, I was just going to say, as a musician, we listen to stuff a little bit differently. Yes. And a lot of times I listen to something and go, damn, uh, they just did the beat upside down for a second and nobody noticed. You know, that's stuff like that. Some little thing that you're, you're just going, wow, that's, that's great. So I got Zane Gibson to help me uh, arrange, and he's been on the team ever since. Um, and so with that one, but, but, but basically the format is exactly how I did it. In two in two thousand and in two thousand and four, I think I did that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause you know, and, and one thing about my music, it's always going to be pretty much positive. Even if I talk about negative things, it's gonna feel like when we get to communication relationships. Even if I'm talking about something negative, it's still gonna feel real positive. You know, I think we all need that. Yeah, you know, because I mean, you know, because we got to keep that that light in the world, and so. Um, so that was the, the R&B, the soul part of that. Uh, um, that's one of the soul tracks. There's, there's a few other ones on there. But you can tell I love harmonies. I've always loved harmonies. The Eagles, Kiss. No, I mean, the Eagles, Take Six, you know, um, the, the Doobie Brothers, you know, um, the Commodores, all the soul bands, Lakeside, everybody, all the singing. I always loved it. So that's always going to be part of my thing, which is why, you know, technically speaking, to, to answer what question you're probably going to ask me, when we perform this live, I've started for the last 12 years using stems because mm-hmm. 
I would have to have a band of 15 people to pull this off. Right. You know, and so stems, the industry has been using stems forever. So I figure why not? So I'm part of the industry. So I, I use stems. Um, so this next song on this album, number 10, shut them down. That's the rock and roll element. And I've always got like, you know, so guitar, rock guitar solos or whatever. Um, but this one is one I did in 1999 and, uh, which they really wasn't ready for that, but on the road, they were loving it. So it was, you know, on tour, they loved it. It's called shut them down. Here we go. there <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I, I was known for high energy 
Great that's, stuff. That's the thing. So then going on, so if you'll notice, the accordion is in there, but it's not really like that song I played you from uh, right, Creole it's, United. It's, yeah, it's down in the mix. It's in the mix. You hear it, you notice, you go, what's that? And so, because what I've noticed, like, you know, what, um, when I talked about doing Creole Rock and Soul, um, if people who, who discover, quote unquote, discover Zydeco music, they either love it or they hate it. And whatever mm-hmm. they love or hate is not what I do. Mm-hmm. And so that's why Creole Rock and Soul had to be a thing so that I can be judged on my own artistry and not on what they thought it was. You know, and there's always somebody coming in trying to colonize it and control it. You know, people discover Zydeco and all of a sudden if you don't play it in the way they that they, they first experienced it, you're not playing, quote unquote, real Zydeco. So I just jumped all the way out that box. <laughs> you know, Sean, what I find interesting about you is the authenticity, because if this was happening 20, 30 years ago, you'd be would have been discovered by an A&R or somebody in the business. Yes. You would have gotten a deal. What would happen is you'd be in the studio and you'd have your guys and somebody that somebody would be producing it. And that producer would be assigned to you by the A&R, by the by the label. And they go, Sean, uh, I love that. I love that. Let's just do one more because the guitar, you know, and it would be little by little. You start to a slow boil in your brain and say, oh, yeah, we had that. We had that. But. And, and and I'm like Aretha Franklin when I watched that Aretha Franklin movie with uh, Cynthia, uh, the, the the African chick, uh-huh. uh, and and the the scene where she says, "I want my producer credit." And he says, "Artists don't get producer credit." She <laughs> said, "But I but I did all the work, right?" You know what I'm saying? And so on my on our first two CDs with uh, with a label that shall remain nameless with me mm-hmm. and my brother's band, I produced. I pretty much produced. I, I should have gotten producer credit. Uh, because other than say, hey, uh, do it, you know, try it again, you know, because I think y'all can do it a little bit better, you know, a little mm-hmm. bit more energy, try it one more time. Other than that, man, come on, I, w- I was producing that whole thing. You know, I got in there with the uh, with the engineer and, you know, told them where I wanted everything in the mix, you know, uh, all of that, man, didn't get any credit for it, but I learned, you know, I was there, that I was paid that that contract was a, a paid lesson for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I got on. I was on Pro Tools when it first came out uh, because we we were on Pro Tools. That that's what we recorded on in 95, 97. Um, and so that was my my intro into engineering and producing and stuff like that. And then when I was on my own in ninety nine in two thousand one, I uh, was on Buckwheat Zydeco's label. And so there was no huge advances. I didn't want all that because I understood recoupment. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, let's just let's just work, you know. Um, but in my career, what I've not had yet is um, a label slash manager slash booking agent who actually understood that what I have is palatable and we can make a lot of money with it if they work. You apparently didn't have people telling you, uh, like picking the songs that were maybe the label did. I mean, what was no, the story no, they, with that? Did they mess with you? They not tried, give you produ- but I'm like, nah, you don't you don't know this music. Right. This isn't this isn't your music, you know. Right. Like like in uh, in uh, in uh, in Black Panther, you're a visitor here. Yeah. <laughs> you know exactly. I, I, I'll let you do what you do to help promote it because that's your lane. But as far as creation concern is concerned, you came to us because we we have something, and we'll take some suggestions. You know what I'm saying? And we mm-hmm. did take suggestions. They did, but like, I was always pissed because I'm like, he was like, yo. The producer was like, hey, we need to do this house version 
you know, this dance mix of your songs because it's pretty popular in Europe. And I was like, okay, cool. But then he lets the engineer do the mix instead of getting a, a DJ and a producer who does that mm. do the remix. Right. And I was like, dude, I, why did you do that? Why, why not get a real person to do the remix? You know, you half-assing it. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. But anyway. I but, you know, that. That, yeah, I hate it. So then, you know, so like, you know, I get like, I finally got, after the nominations, I finally got a booking agent and a manager in, two, in 2019, finally. And I've had, I've had relationships with booking agents, never had a manager. So I finally got those two things in order, setting everything up to win, and then COVID. <laughs> Isn't it... Isn't it great that you became an overnight success? <laughs> Man, bro. It's, but, you know, but look what's killer, Randy. Look what's killer. If all, all, all I need is somebody to understand that I have the content for them to put me on the stages for the money that I'm supposed to be getting. Yep. The problem, because, I mean, I've got TV appearances out of the wazoo. You know what I'm saying? I got the two Grammy nominations. Two, two Grammy nominations alone should should net me five figures everywhere mm -hmm. I go, right? But I got these lazy people that I get come keep coming in contact with who want to put me on a Zydeco festival. And I'm like, listen, I don't want to be a Zydeco festival artist. It's about vision. One, the it's industry, about because the industry don't want don't value it. Mm -hmm. that's, right. a, that's a longer it's a longer interview but at some point in our history the the popular bands from here stopped going out on the road and what happened with that is the um the the local bands in all these cities uh the the, the local white bands that were, the cover bands mm -hmm. that were playing zydeco ended up taking those spots so and because they were cover bands they could never demand the money that we were demanding whenever we would come out so it put a hole in the industry. So now when they say, I want a Zydeco band, I don't want that gig because number one, there's no money. And number two, when I go there and I kill the stage, I've just given them way more value than they paid for it. And mm -hmm. I've helped them to put me in a box. I don't want to do that. You're right. You're right. And every time I get on a stage, people love it. But I got to get on the stages. <laughs> I can totally understand that. And I want to say something I think is very important, which is that what you are looking for and maybe haven't found yet is the person with vision. I'm looking for somebody with the vision, man, because exactly. I'm tired of having, whenever I got to explain to the person who's got to explain for me, yeah. that's a problem. So look, so since we're talking about Prince, uh, on the Coronacation Relationship CD, I say that I said that this was the full real was 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 part of the well actually okay so this, this is two parts so I I have a CD that's in the can that I believe is the full realization of Creole rock and soul the music is so on it and I believe it can be synced everywhere I have one song I have two songs that I believe that sports shows the the Super Bowl NCAA's, whatever, championship games will definitely want to stream. Um, the music is fire. I'm putting top lines to all of them as we speak. But that's a full realization. But the came through pulling was the connecting the old stuff, showing you that I've been doing it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but now we're gonna we're, we're transitioning to a new genre, and then um, then uh, coronation relationships. I'm all in the sauce. Because see, with Zydeco music, you have to be able to dance to it. And there's three different, there's three or four different beats 
and each one of those can have a different rhythm center for the dance. And so that can get kind of monotonous if you just if you had to play the same beat all the time. Right. So my whole thing is everything I put around the beat needs to be so cool that even if you don't know how to dance, you'll like the music. What are you gonna what are we gonna hear? So Garn. That that's got Cat Dyson playing guitar. Cat Dyson was the one of Prince's guitar players. Comes a time in every relationship when you have to ask yourself what you're really fighting for. Is it worth it? It ain't supposed to be that hard. When they for you, they for you. You ain't gotta fight for that. It's crazy how long we've been together and how long we've been lying to each other. We both know we cheat, both know that we wrong. Help myself anymore, don't even come home Cause you love me and I love you too But when we're together, all we do is argue Don't even wanna fight anymore What are we doing this for? Cause your friends know and mine know too So let's just give it up No more smiling for Instagram pics Cause happiness will be together Just doesn't exist I'd rather grab a bottle of hand Or maybe some gin And hit the studio specialty Flow from this pan I call up one of your Ever since then, she been blowing my phone up. Uh, uh, uh. I'm so gone, gone, and I can't do this no more, no more. What are we fighting for?
I'm out. Definitely an original sound, which is the key. Got to have a sound, yeah. identifiable so, sound. Sweet. So, so what the deal with that? That was the last song. So I got really artsy on this thing. Coronation relationships. Mm-hmm. I did the um, what? I, what I did was my son. Eight of those songs my son wrote, and he had released uh, as like an R and B pop, as a pop kind of thing, pop songs, mm-hmm. pop hip hop songs, and I converted them to Creole rock and soul. So. Um, um, that song is actually the last song. So the way I, 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 I'm still doing stuff like a CD, like an album, Randy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, I, I got a concept and it, it's got to have an ebb and a flow. Right. So that's how we end that CD. Right. But um, the start of it is uh, dance the night away. And um, the, the Corona relationships was done because like in March and April, we didn't really, we were like, it's a vacation. Right. Mm-hmm. everybody's all lovey-dovey you know relationships are great but then you know come um come may june everybody's like oh crap what do you mean we're not going back to work right and then relationships started getting kind of crazy and then you know months later some people are divorced you know that there's all kind of vi- uh, domestic violence going on you know so uh, the ebb and flow of the CD goes that way. In the beginning, dance the night away. It's so much fun. And then in the middle, I did a cover of Blister in the Sun. That's the left turn. It does not fit the CD musically, but it fits conceptually. You know, because it's supposed to make you go, wait, why is this on here? And why do I like this version? <laughs> you know? So um, dance the night away. Uh, it's got uh, dance club elements, but the beat, is the, the beat for Zydeco dancing is there. But like I said earlier, if you don't listen to Zydeco music, if you don't know what it is, it won't matter because it's, it's good music. It's music to dance to.
<laughs> my dance is my fingers. There you go. There you go. <laughs> my fingers, baby. My fingers. Right. But yeah, so I learned not to just, that's another tip for uh, all you aspiring artists out there and artists who are out there uh, worried about what people, how people respond in the audience. Um, I've learned not to worry about how people look in the audience because I played a concert one time and usually I'll find some people who, who are kind of like not necessarily with me, with me, or at mm -hmm. least I didn't think they're with me. And then I will kind of make eye contact with eye contact with them and try to get them into it, you know. And uh, there was this old couple, man. They were sitting in this uh, in these in their chairs, watching a gig in California. And we were going, man, and, I, and we made eye contact. And I was trying to get them, and they really wasn't really much expression, no facial expression, or nothing like that. Man, once the gig was over, they bought everything I had. It's <laughs> great. They came and they just gushed. Oh my god. We had the best time. <laughs> well, as you get older, you learn you got to save your energy. Oh, but, but they expended no energy. <laughs> you got to save it. Save it till the end. They didn't expend any energy the whole time, but they loved it. And so from that point on, I didn't judge. So um, in the in the Coronation Relationships uh, saga, uh, Fireworks is the next song. Uh, that's that's the, We're still in lovey-dovey stage. Flash your light. I hear your voice. 
Again, the musicality. I wrote an article about what they call cultural appropriation. You've heard <laughs> of that, right? Uh, yes, and so when you mentioned that the bands were taking over the small spots and that kind of ruined things, but there are, I think, maybe people who love a music and who take it in their own way, just like, you know, black jazz musicians in America took a lot of elements of classical music. So there must be somewhere people who are doing this who shouldn't be accused of um, cultural appropriation, but more okay, cultural so, appreciation. So go ahead. I want to hear you on this. Got, got, got a few takes on this. Okay. First take is on the, um, the, the now I, I wasn't blaming the, um, and I know you didn't say I was, no, but no. I wasn't blaming the white bands who play Zydeco music in our absence around the country and around the world uh, for, um, for doing what they did. My thing was we, as the, the people from Southwest Louisiana, the black Zydeco, the black you know, originators of this music, we stopped bringing it to them. Mm -hmm. And so they loved it so much that they, that they, in their love for it, they, uh, they started playing it. Right. But like I tell them when I, when I talk to them, I said, you got to realize something. Everybody starts out because they love Zydeco and they want to play Zydeco in the interim until the Zydeco bands come back. I said, but once you become a band, then you fancy yourself as good as or better the original Zydeco artist. Mm -hmm. And it happens every single time. I, I, I'm, I'm going to tell a story, a little quick story about this woman who was playing Zydeco music in uh, the North, in the Northeast United States. Um, she was, she was a friend of mine at the time. Right. And so uh, I, I helped her out. I said, Hey, you know, I want to help you out. I said, come, you know, if you can come down to Louisiana, I'll help you record, you know, record an album. And I do it the way I did mine, you know, at my house in my studio, right? Um, so she came down. We wrote a whole album, right? Did it. I taught her about leading a band because in her band, the scrub board player was, was, was the de facto leader of the band because he <laughs> talked a lot and he was on the microphone and he was a man. And, you know, he was kind of exerting that. He was just making the stuff flow, but I told her, I said, if it's going to be your band, you've got to take control of the microphone. Right. You know, so I, I, I taught her, I, I you know, I, I groomed her up or whatever. And then she took it and went and she went home and her band listened to it and they loved it. And said, well, that's not really us, you know, because they couldn't play it. Mm -hmm. Right. They didn't want to learn it. So they so but they did a few of the songs. And then um, about a year or two later, maybe a year later. I was playing a festival for one of my friends in, uh, in, in New York state, upper New York state. And she told my friend, why are y'all, why do you have Sean headlining and paying him that money? You could pay us that money. Cause we're, we're better than them. Now, mind you, this woman's band was playing an antiquated version of Zydeco music mm -hmm. and not even doing a good job doing that. <laughs> but it just goes to show you how someone who said they love it started a band and then fancied themselves more important and relevant than the people that she was copying. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's that. Um, the other thing is, uh, for like you mentioned, Def Leppard and all those people, um, I really respect the English rock and roll bands because they gave tribute to the blues people that they copied. 
And right. whenever they had an opportunity to, they, they, they shed light on those people and those people's careers had a resurgence. Mm -hmm. So they helped them out. Now, at the end of the day, they didn't, they, they, a lot of them blues guys still died penniless. Um, and they would never achieve the success that the rock and roll bands did, but that's just a, uh, uh, that's just a result of the Americanization, the, the American side of it. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, they weren't going to let black people get that popular. <laughs> right. You know True. what I'm saying? So, so that's a thing. And that was a thing back then. <clears throat> so, but like I said, like Rolling Stones, you know, they did a lot. The Rolling Stones gave Clifton, let Clifton, uh, let Rock and Doopsie open up for them on a few shows, played with them on the stage. You know, everybody that they liked, they gave opportunity to. So I really appreciate that. And then um, there's, uh, there's the other situation in which um, today people see Cajun and Zydeco music, they call it Cajun Zydeco, like as one word, right? When here in Louisiana, 15, well, I say 20 years ago, 20, 20, 20, 30 years ago, if you'd have told a Cajun band they were playing Zydeco music, they would curse you out and say, I'm not playing that N-word music and be ready to fight you. Mm. But then when the bottom fell out of that music, right? And Zydeco music became the music. Then if you told them they played Zydeco music, they would kind of chuckle and say, hey, yeah, not really, but okay. Right. <laughs> and they added a scrub board to their band and they added the beat that we were using to the band, to their, to their repertoire. And so then what started happening around 2004 ish is that festivals were starting to book Cajun bands to come and play on a Friday and play Cajun music, and on a Saturday, play Zydeco music. Hmm. And so I was railing really hard against this because it's economics. Because I know at the end of the day, human nature, people want to be around themselves, right? Mm -hmm. Like wants to be around like. There's a psychology, a psychology experiment in which they put 20 people in a room with five in groups of five with different color shirts, mm -hmm. and they mixed them up. And within about 15 minutes, they were all in groups of the same color shirts with anomalies <laughs> in each group. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you want to be around self. So we get that. Right. But um, so we have to we have to consciously stop that process from happening because Zydeco is the only music to date that has not been appropriated and overtaken mm -hmm. in America. It's still supported, still performed and still um, the most popular music in the region in which it was created and by the people who created it. And there's a lot of aficionados all over the country. I don't know about the world. Probably, probably there are people. Oh yeah. All over the world. There's, there's Zydeco bands all over the world. Japanese, Br British, Swedish, Swiss, you know, uh, um, uh, Dutch, German, French, Italian. Mm -hmm. There's Zydeco bands everywhere. That's crazy. But, um, you know, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, I was going to say that, uh, once in Japan, I was in, the, we were in the dressing room and I heard this song start and I go, Oh, I recognize that. That's uh, Joe Cocker. Uh, look out. It's a Japanese band. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded yeah. exactly like, exactly like the record. Exactly. Oh, yes. Like they, they do a great job of imitation of Japan for sure. So you got that. And so I, you know, I'm having the ballads and, and, uh, yeah. at first I was battling it intellectually. Like to joust with them, you know, because they would try to say that what we were playing wasn't Zydeco and is that the other. So I said, look, let me ask you a question. So you, you know about the, the music, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. 
So you know I'm in their art when I start this. Yep, absolutely. You know I'm fourth generation. Yep, absolutely. I said, okay, so so then so now and I would name some Cajun bands. I said, so so you know them, right? Yep, love them. And so it's okay if they play Zydeco music, right? Absolutely. I love it when they play Zydeco music. I said, okay, great. So let answer me this one question. If my if my great great uncle uh started all this stuff, my grandfather played it, my dad played it. We've been playing all this time. I said, answer me this question. Can I get, so, so my great-great-uncle was the father of modern Cajun and Creole music, right? Mm-hmm. They go, absolutely. I said, well, answer me this. Can I get booked as a Cajun artist? <laughs> right. And that silence you hear right there? <laughs> yeah, I get it. Is exactly what you hear whenever they're looking at me in my face with the, with the confused look. I just fried the computer. <laughs> and they go, no, Sean, you can't. I said, exactly. So it's not that I'm being any type of way. It's not about, it's not about being prejudiced or being favored. It's about economics and, and, and maintaining the integrity of the music. If you won't book me as a Cajun artist, then don't book a Cajun artist for a Zydeco gig. Mm-hmm. But that's in, a, in a, a perfect world, and we don't live in that. But I love it every time I get to talk to, to the people who actually buy the music. I, I give them that scenario because they try to say, oh, well, Sean, y'all, it's Cajun Zydeco music. It's all the same. I said, no, it's not. Got to recognize, too, there is no music business. There's music and there's business. And that's yeah. been said many times, but I was saying it in the 1960s. If you do get interested in making money and making music your business, quote unquote, then you got to know business and you got to be serious it. about it. You got to be serious about your business and you have to, like Sean, you have to know in your head what that music is that you're doing. Yeah, man. You know, that, that's what it is. It's like, so, you know, you also got to realize as, a, um, as an artist, you got to realize you got to know your, the value. Yep. You got to know the value of what you do. And you have to figure out how to market and brand it. Uh, and you got to understand this. And then we'll move off of the whole business side of it. You don't get what you deserve. You don't get what you're worth. You only get what you negotiate. <laughs> Perfect. Very well said. Yeah. Back to Sean Ardoin. Hey, hey, let's, hey. I love the way hear. you said my name. <laughs> Ardoin. Let's, uh, let's listen to something. What do you got? Sun Don't Shine. Shine no more, shine no more, like 
This time yeah. I was paying attention. <laughs> That's great. I love, love that. I was I was grooving with it. And I listened to the uh, kind of the quote, as we'd call it in jazz, of the tune. No sunshine when she's gone, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is music. It's put together in a certain way. It isn't accidental. It isn't contrived. It is what it is. It's it's creation. And I love it. Yeah. I think it's great. And, and and whenever we did we did this in a this whole C D we did in a day. Wow. And um and so you know, I got the musicians that I of all, again, I, I I find opportunities to get musician friends of mine that I connect with, that that I've played with. They've played with me at certain different points in time in history, and I I get them all together in one spot. You know, There's, generally it's like a fill-in drummer or fill-in guitar player or right. fill-in bass player, and then but I brought I brought them all to the studio and uh and just created like on that sun sun don't shine whenever the uh the drums flip time. Tick, mm-hmm. tick, 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 right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when he, he he just did that, and I let it, in, I left it in there. Yeah, that's cool. You know, I'm not, cool. and I let I let creatives create. You know, Sean, the this this album, this project, whatever we call it these days, uh, right. has a lot of of keyboard like synthesizer sounds. I think that's what that is, right? Yes, all keyboard and, and the solos. So who's that? That's Zane Gibson. He he was the guy. Remember, I told you last CD. I brought him in to help me arrange. Mm-hmm. Uh, same deal. Right, he uh, plays I, keyboard. I, same deal. Yeah, he plays keyboard. He plays bass too. Plays drums too. Mm-hmm. But but on on this thing, he played keyboard and helped me arrange everything. Uh, so because uh, remember, I told you my son wrote 
mm-hmm. eight of these songs. Right. And uh, he's 27 now. He wrote these probably between uh, 18 and 26, something like that. Uh, and I and I and I redid them. I put them in the Creole rock and soul style. And uh, but I really studied. I studied you know successful songs. And mm-hmm. um, like whenever I redid the came through pulling songs, I had to really revamp them because the mu- our genre had changed back in the day. It was all about the dance, right? Mm-hmm. And so there were one minute intros, sometimes even a little longer. And so I realized that our songs were set up so that people could just check out and just jump into the groove and dance, right? Mm-hmm. But since now people are listening more, um, and I've always written songs so that they could listen to it and have more substance, and you didn't have to dance. The song structure was still structured so that the dance was possible. Mm-hmm. You know, the, and, and and I'm talking when I say possible, there's a minute intro because people are getting their dance partners and walking to the floor. Right. You don't want to get in the song too fast, you know what I'm saying? Because then people, you know, people will miss it. So um, but 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 I, I did a study and showed, you know, that the popular songs, you know, you know, don't don't hurry or what what is it? Uh get to the money or whatever. So <laughs> then, then the first 13 seconds you need to be singing or something like that. And uh, the first 30 seconds or so between 30 seconds and a minute, you better be to the hook, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and then at around two to three minutes in between two and three minutes, closer to two, two, two minutes and 30 seconds, you need to have a change, whatever that change right. is, you know, and I, I generally put my bridges there or whatever my C-section is going to be. And, um, and on this one, I really stuck to the formula. I wanted to make sure that it was bam, you know, coming in there. So if, 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 if a DJ was listening and see what he wanted to play, it was there, you know. So these are formatted with the popular music format. Makes sense. It makes sense. A little more deeper into the, into the whole madness of it all. What else would you like to do here? Man, look, we can go and take it out with All For You, unless you want to end on a heavy note. Before I do that, you have a website, I'm sure. Let's hear all that information of how people oh, can yeah, yeah. find you. So everything is Sean Ardwin, S-E-A-N-A-R-D-O-I-N. I got a little jingle. I go S-E-A-N-A-R-D-O-I-N, S-E-A-N-A-R-D-O-I-N. Dot com? Dot com. At Sean Ardwin everywhere. So Twitter, Facebook, you know, everything is is S-E-A-N-A-R-D-O-I-N. YouTube? Sean Ardwin Music. Because if you do Sean Ardwin on, uh, if you do the channel for Sean Ardwin on YouTube, it's going to go to my motivational speaking stuff. Sounds good. And this is all for you.
Sean Audubon, thank you so much for the music you make and sharing it with us and talking today about your career, which is fascinating, and giving us your wisdom. Thank you so much for having me, man.